When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. And Raj, we got a special guest today. Right, we do got a special guest. Uh, everybody, please welcome Sammy Callahan. Sammy, how are you doing today? I am doing good. Can people actually see us on this, or are they just going to be able to hear the voice? No, they can see us. We're live on YouTube. So they can see your awesome uh, Breakfast Club poster in the back of your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. My awesome uh, Ghostbusters poster in the back of my house. Nice. nice. That's what people care about. You got it. You got him beat. Breakfast Club, '80s memorabilia and '80s pop culture. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, man. So I'm telling you, you know, you were uh, for me. Let me just give you in my mind. You when you were popped on my radar, Sammy, is that you know when you were in NXT uh, wrestling there, and then when you asked for your release, I remember at the time just seeing all the goodwill and buzz that generated when NXT was so hot, and people were going, "Oh my God, this guy decided." You know what? He's better off going on his own, striking his own path. And uh, I think people just respected the hell out of you for that, man. And it seems like it's been working out really, really well for you. Uh, sometimes you got to bet on yourself, man. Uh, and it was a nerve-wracking decision to make. Like, I, I can't say that it wasn't. But within a week of making that decision, I knew I made absolutely the right decision. Yeah. Did you Have you heard yet about Neville? Uh, I had someone who, who told me last night, uh, actually, uh, my roommate, Jason Cade, and we were watching SmackDown and he was reading on his phone. He's like, yo dude, did you hear about the Neville incident? And I was like, no. And they told me, and I was like, I don't know if that's real or not, but like, <laughs> yes, we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. So my person in WWE, I asked WWE, um, and they said he has not departed the company, but they did not say that he is asked for his release. So uh, that's what it looks like right now. Like Neville request left. Man, he request. never really got like uh, the the proper due that he deserves. Man, he looks like a Greek god, and he's legitimately no one on the planet can do what he does. They could have been pushing him as a heavyweight. Like it's not like he's just a cruiserweight. The the dude is legitimately one of the best technical, one of the best high flyers, one of the best strikers, and and over the past couple years, like he's brought in his. Uh, his promos up to that same level. His promos are amazing right now. And for him to not be like pushed as a top guy is absolutely sad. Yeah. Now, if WWE asked you, uh, said that they wanted to bring you on the main roster, but in the cruiserweight division, what would your reaction be? I don't know. Maybe it depends what that paycheck's going to be at the end of the day. Yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts on how they're using it though? I really like what I'm doing now, but like, I would like to make a bunch of money if that contract's right. But, Right now, I'm making really good money, so that contract would have to be really good to get me to quit doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah, so uh, last week, you wrestled at MLW One Shot. Uh, you wrestled MVP. You also started uh, Wrestling Revolver, uh, and you guys got a show coming up on October 28th with a whole host of talent. Uh, you got Ricochet, Brian Cage, Joey Ryan, Candice LeRae, Havoc, Jack Swagger, Jeff Cobb. I mean, it's just it's just a stacked show. Uh, what can fans uh, expect from a, a wrestling revolver show? 
Uh, well, wrestling Revolver is something when I actually left WWE, myself and my older brother, who was a big wrestling fan, uh, we wanted to do something to like kind of rekindle our relationship. And uh, he knew, he's like, yo, I know you have a vision of wrestling. Like, what is it? Like, let's do it. And uh, it's wrestling for our generation by our generation. Like, it's not so much about like storylines. It's not about politics. Each show has a different roster. Each show has a different kind of theme. And it's just the best wrestlers around being booked on the same show that all has the, the equal equal mindedness to be able to go out there and be like, yo, this, we want to make something special. And that's exactly what the revolvers done in the last year. We've like built this huge buzz and like, it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Nice. Well, and how, how difficult is that to, to start something like that up? Uh, it's hard, man, but luckily like, uh, I'm a graphic designer. I'm a web, I'm a website editor. I'm a video designer. Like I'm not a one trick pony. So like a lot of that stuff was, this is actually my vision of like how a company should look, the color schemes, the, the themes, uh, uh, how video editing should be. It's like everything that I loved about wrestling. And I go for kind of like a grungy adult oriented cartoon. And like, that's the best way to like describe what the wrestling revolver is. Right. And MLW, they produced their first show in, gosh, over a decade last week with one shot. Um, oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Dude, that MLW show was something special. Like, I remember going back and watching when I was in high school. I used to get all the MLW DVDs from Suncoast Video when people still used to go and buy their own DVDs. And uh, I remember the Extreme Horsemen. I remember all my favorite ECW guys. I remember seeing all, like, the top indie guys. And MLW at – at one point was my favorite promotion to watch and getting a chance to be part of the rekindled MLW was something really awesome, really special. And I think they're onto something. Yeah. How, how, how'd you say that event went? It went amazing, dude. Uh, usually shows in Orlando suck. Like I'm not going to lie. Like it's hard for a company to draw a show in Orlando. I don't know if they don't know how to advertise. I don't know if they just don't book the right talent, but uh, this place was packed to the gills and it really looked awesome on camera. It was I, I'll compare it to like an old school like TV taping setup, like where they just pack like as many people as they can into this small building and like make it look amazing. And MLW did just that, like, dude, just their their production quality. Of I just watched the video on demand service of it, and like, there's not a lot of companies on the indies that like have that kind of quality to make it look like it really is major league wrestling. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who didn't see it, uh, it's on uh, VOD now. Uh, I, I ordered it. I'm going to watch it this week. It, you know, the beginning of the week is just insane with the, the pay-per-views and Raw and SmackDown, 205 Live. Jeez, so many shows. Too much. So many. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm going to check it out. I've only heard amazing things. And MLW, they're coming back. They're going to do another event. Tickets go out on sale next Friday, October 20th for MLW Never Say Never. And that's going to take never say never, never say never. And that's going to take place in December. And also, if you order the MLW one shot on voice of demand, you'll hear the return to wrestling commentary of Tony Schiavone, who's calling it with Rich. God, I always mess up his name. Even when I talk to him, I have yes, Rich Rich Brennan, Brennan. but but his uh, real name, Bocchini, is it or Bocchini? I just call him Rich. I would, uh, I became friends with Rich when I was at NXT, and I love him on commentary. I think he's amazing. And uh, I actually marked out meeting Tony Schiavone. I had to walk up and take a picture with him. I'm like, yo, man, when I was in middle school, you were like my favorite commentator. 
And I was, I always wanted my parents to be like, you should book him as my babysitter. Like, that was, <laughs> I felt like Tony Giovanni would have been a great babysitter back in the day. Yeah, you talk about the voices of the, the hottest era, and that's one of them. It's him, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler, in my opinion. I used to love when Tony Schiavone would get fed up with something. He's like, ah, you know, you don't say that. <laughs> He'd like physically, like get really like emotionally upset at something that Bobby Heenan would say, or just that look of disgust you give him. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and and I got to throw Bobby Heenan, of course, also on there. He was the man. Uh, he was the man. Uh, yeah, we had Tony on our podcast uh, a couple a couple of months ago, and we were just running out of time because we had so many questions, and he had so many stories, so. Check it out. Rich Brennan, we'll just say Millhouse and Tony Schiavone on commentary. So it's definitely check it out. MLW one shot, MLW.com. I need to become friends with him. I really think that me and him would have a really awesome buddy cop like comedy. Like, yeah, produced for the internet. Like, he's just, he just doesn't like anything I do. He's just disgusted by my antics. And <laughs> that's awesome. So, what do, what do you think of, uh, the, like wrestling WWE right now using the dark element, like the stuff with sister Abigail that they're doing on, on raw and, you know, Bray Wyatt's going to be wrestling as sister Abigail at the next pay-per-view. Uh, you've, you've, you have kind of a dark character. What are your thoughts on that? Um, so when I first saw the new sister Abigail stuff, everyone thought it was going to be a, a girl like that. They're bringing up to the roster or uh, someone that they're bringing back. But I actually kind of really like what they're doing with the sister Abigail thing and Bray Wyatt. Some people may not understand it, but I am like a horror aficionado. So I knew exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the same thing that they did with the movie, the skeleton key or the same movie they did with insidious where this person Bray Wyatt is a vessel for this other character, this other person, this maybe witch character, this maybe just this person that's not good that yeah. is possessing his body. Cause I heard some people be like, Oh, they're making, they're going to make Bray Wyatt transgender. Or it's weird. They're making Bray Wyatt a girl or they making Bray Wyatt like gold dust. And it's just how one-sided people's minds are. They're not trying to do that at all. Like they're legit trying to do something that's been done in the horror genre for years upon years, upon years, upon years, upon years. And I'm really interested to see where it goes. Cause it could be something that's really, really cool. And knowing how Bray is Bray's amazing. Like he's going to make anything work. So I'm super interested to see what he does with this new character. Yeah, yeah, no, he he's awesome. I think a lot of fans are a little frustrated with just how he's been used. You know, he kind he kind of loses most of his feuds, and he's kind of been running in place for a while. It once they pull that trigger, like he's he's the next Undertaker, or he's the first Bray Wyatt. Like, there's nothing in wrestling ever like him, and he's a guy that went out there and was Husky Harris, and they pretty much were going to fire him, and they're like, come up with something else, and he came up with probably the most relevant wrestling character in the last 20 years. And that's really a, just a stamp of like who he is, like that he could have went out there and played it easy because he's IRS's son, but no, like he went out there and truly became something that no one else was and like put a lot of work into that. And that's something really cool. Like, and no one can ever take that away from him because he made that, like that's his baby. That was, uh, him and Dusty Rhodes working together. That was him working with other people. But like at the end of the day, he's the guy that made Bray Wyatt. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're obviously a big star, big star on the indies. So many big stars now, uh, you know, uh, on the indies that have never, a lot of them that have never been to WWE, at least uh, on the main roster for an extended period of time. You got the Young Bucks who were more popular than ever. uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, Is this kind of like a golden era for indie wrestling right now? 
Oh, you can't forget the villain. The bro. villain, Marty Squirrel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I said this in an interview a couple weeks ago. Uh, every wrestling boom and wrestling becomes big again. In the 80s, it was Hulkamania and the Ultimate Warrior. In the 90s, it was the Attitude Era, Stone Cold and the Rock. In the, in the early 2000s, it was John Cena and Ruthless Aggression. But like now, it truly is the independent wrestling. That's what the the new boom is. Like, there's a reason that some of the top indie wrestlers in the past ten years are now main eventing WWE. Between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, just look at the roster. Like, ninety percent of the guys on top are guys that were big indie stars. But now, because how technology has advanced, you don't need TV to get that worldwide exposure. Like worldwide people can know who we are through social media through video on demand sites and now you don't need that machine of wwe to become a worldwide wrestling phenomenon just showing the young bucks the bullet club what happened with cody rhodes cody rhodes became a way bigger star when he left wwe than he ever was in wwe and now there's guys making six figures a year as independent wrestlers there's guys with merchandise at hot topics guys making thousands upon thousands of dollars off pro wrestling tees who changed the game with merchandising and happening like rest indie wrestling truly is what's happening now. The time of like these terrible indie shows drawing 10, 20, 30 people are like really done. Like I'm wrestling in front of indie shows that are drawing thousands of people or six, 700 people or drawing huge crowds on video on demand sites, independent wrestling truly is becoming the next wrestling boom and i hate using that term independent wrestling because we're just pro wrestlers now and that's that's a cool place to be do you think there's something being missed by not having that on a uh, on a more national platform i mean there kind of is with roh with you know on sinclair but not a true like large um cable station and and that a market's being missed with that i don't think so because i think tv's dying Dude, no one watched TV, but there's a reason that Raw and SmackDown are drawing 2.5s when they used to draw fives on on the rating scale. There's a reason that these big television companies aren't drawing good ratings because people don't watch television anymore. I watch all of my my stuff on Hulu or Netflix or Vimeo or YouTube or why would I rush my day to be home at eight o'clock to watch Raw when I can watch the highlights? 30 minutes after it's done, or I can DVR it and watch it some other time. Like the time of watching live wrestling other than a pay-per-view that you're going to watch. Look at the WWE network. It's live over a streaming site now. Like there's really no, like TV is truly dying. And like, that's why people want to say wrestling's down right now because the ratings are down. No people there. I think there's more people around the world watching wrestling now than ever was before. They're just watching it in a different capacity. Yeah. Do you think um, do you think a lot more people are watching Raw in a different capacity and not live uh, because it is three hours or just that's the way it's going? Uh, a little bit of both. Like three hours is a lot to watch, especially since it's not a pay-per-view. I remember when three hours used to be special and you're like, oh, I get three hours of wrestling tonight. But when you get it every week, just doing it on pay-per-view isn't the same. But I understand why they do it. They make money off doing it. Like right. a great business plan. But I remember being younger, like going back to thinking when I was younger, it's like what I would like if it was three hours. I remember when WCW Nitro moved to three hours. And like, I I was like, this is too much, even being a kid, because I would watch the first hour of that, 
then I'd switch over to Raw and watch the, the first to second the second hour of Raw. Then I switch back and watch the third and fourth hour of the second <laughs> hour of Nitro on the replay. Like that's just too much wrestling for one brain to handle. Like, but with now, like I can. I can watch the replay on Hulu or I can wa- I can go on the network and watch the highlights or I can DVR it and watch it, watch it. And if I don't like a segment, fast forward through a segment to what I want to see. And that's just how culture is now. Like our attention spans are small. It's, it's the equivalent of like, if you're watching a television show and you're just like, Oh, I don't like this part of the show. And you fast forward through it. Like if you're watching SNL, like I'm not going to watch all all of SNL because I'm not going to like every skit. But with wrestling, it's the same thing. Like I'm not going to watch like it's a buffet. Like I might like chicken, but I don't like steak, so I'm not going to eat the steak on the buffet. Like that's the same way of wrestling. I hate those uh, on-demand services that don't let you fast forward. That drives me nuts. Oh, <laughs> mad. Oh, for a while, Hulu was making me real mad. You'd fast forward, but there'd be like a commercial every 30 seconds. Like, yeah. Like I'm like, what are you doing to me right now, Hulu? I will pay the extra three dollars a month to get rid of these ads because right. it's worse watching on Hulu than it was on TV for a while. But yeah. now there's so many other streams like there's Plex, where now you can pretty much get television, live television on your your streaming site, and those numbers aren't being calculated into ratings. So like, it really is way different. Like. I, I don't think I remember the last time I even ordered a WWE pay-per-view because of the network and because like it's legit $9.99 to watch any wrestling show ever. And it's kind of hard to, to get the numbers of how many people truly are watching because you got to think there's so many people watching on the network. There might be some people watching on pay-per-view. There might be some people illegally streaming it. There might be people like 15 people watching at one person's house. Or like I know a lot of people like – some people might sign into the same network account. There might be five people signing in the same network account. So you truly don't know what the real numbers are. Right. Um, someone's asking, uh, would a hot, at, at this point in time, would a hot indie talent uh, completely drown in WWE like some of the come-ups from NXT of the main roster? Like, is it better for them right now to, uh, to stay on the indie scene as opposed to go to WWE? It all depends how they're handled. Like, I don't believe when I was in NXT, I was handled the right way, but that a lot of that was I walked on eggshells and I wasn't myself. Like, but it's one thing to be given the ball; it's another thing to be given the ball of blockers. If you're brought in like a Kevin Owens or a Sami Zayn and protected like they were, sure, it's going to be easy to succeed. When they let you do you, you're going to be able to succeed. When AJ Styles came in, they the way they presented him is why he succeeded. If they present you the wrong way, you're not going to succeed. Like. Kind of like the the instance like um, Tyler Breeze was amazing in NXT. And then when they first brought him to the main roster before he started doing the fashion police stuff that randomly got over, like he was sinking and wasn't getting over when at NXT they're pushing him as to be the next Shawn Michaels. And they brought him up and they when you're pushed as a jobber, you're a jobber. Like it's hard to get out of that that ditch or that hole. Right. Oh, absolutely. Someone's asking you about your thoughts on the death match at Fight Club Pro in England. You were on the card and stood stood next to him watching it. I'm not sure exactly what he's uh, that's referring to. Do you, do you know what that okay. is? Absolutely. So Fight Club England is a promotion that I have been a part of since 2009 when no one wanted to work for that company. Like I love those guys. And little did these people know that these people are going to grow up to be some of the most influential people in wrestling, which are Trent Seven. Uh, 
Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, uh, Rockstar Spud, Chris Brooks and Lycos, who are now the CCK or becoming the biggest tag team in all of Europe. Like this company was a company that everyone just kind of shit on in England and was like, oh, you guys aren't going to amount to nothing. And now they become the top company in England. But uh, they did one of their biggest shows of the year, this big uh, trios uh, show that had myself, Dave, Chris, and Jake Chris as OY4K versus British Strong style Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. And then we also had something with team versus Team Dragon Gate of Sima, Ita, and Mochizuki. But uh, on night one, the main event was a hardcore death match Presented. That was the team of Jimmy Havoc, who's a big star in England right now, and Clint Margera versus Ricky Shane Page and a student of Fight Club Pros. But the way they went into this and just the production of it, they made it so much more of just a smash and bash death match. So the way they had the building set up, they had brand this brand new building. There was this giant curtain cutting off half the building, but people didn't know if there was anything or what was behind it. They just thought it was part of the building. So. When the match was time to start, two guys came to the ring, and they're in the ring like, oh, where are you, uh, where are you, Jimmy Havoc? Where are you, Clint Margera? And Jimmy Havoc's theme music hit, and when it hit the big part of his music, that curtain dropped, and there was another ring set up that already had all the hardcore elements, a scaffold. It looked like a play set of, like, a crazy deathmatch scene. <laughs> this curtain dropped, and everyone's like, what the heck? And they turned, and they looked. And everyone just rushed this whole side of the ring. And that was one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of during live wrestling. Just like out of nowhere, this giant curtain dropping, the lights coming on, and everyone being like, oh, my God, they have another ring set up with this crazy atmosphere. And everyone running, and I ran around the ring. I was out there watching the show. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Wow. That's, that's got to be on YouTube, right? Uh, actually, which is funny, they just hit me up two days ago. They're like, yo, do you still have the footage of the curtain dropping? I'm like, yeah, it's on my phone. <laughs> Send it to us because nobody got it. That's such because an indie wrestling thing. They <laughs> didn't fool in anyone. Like, so the crowd didn't know, wasn't recording that way. They were recording the other ring. And then the camera crew was still recording the ring because so, they didn't want to give off that something was going to happen. So I was the I might be the only people on the person on the planet that actually has the footage of the curtain. <laughs> nice man, That's you got to get that up there. <laughs> yeah, I just sent it to them to let them release. Oh, nice. nice. So other end of the spectrum, how does it compare to the stuff you've done with Lucha Underground when you're doing something that's so like in a soundstage produced? They're taping the whole season at a time and doing those storylines. How's the vibe there compared to a weekly wrestling promotion or the Indies? It's way different because it's like legit filming a movie. We have a green room with bunches of food that we can eat at any time we have catering at any time which wwe has too but it's more like a chill atmosphere where everyone's just laying around the green room and we we already know what we're going to do because it's been put together the day before that we already know what we're going to do with the tapings and then freaking if we're going to film promos we got to come we had to come in during the week to film those and it sometimes takes six hours to film a, a three-minute promo just because the how they way they shot it it was Sure, it had some amazing wrestling, but it was nothing like filming a wrestling show. It was like filming a real-life television series. Awesome. So uh, I, I know you got to run here in a minute, but uh, just one more question for you from uh, Rav P. Uh, he's wondering, assuming Triple H, you've seen how Triple H works in NXT, and someone's asking, assuming Triple H takes over WWE once Vince retires, 
Uh, do you see the business completely changing its ideology, content, and storytelling for the better or worse than what it is right now? Well, it's never going to change like to the fact like it's something different. You can't reinvent the wheel. Like mm -hmm. pro wrestling's pro wrestling, but I can only hope that eventually things aren't one-mindedly where we we can have these different storytellings and we can think out of the box more on stuff and make pro wrestling what it is like pro wrestling can be anything we want it to be we can have undead wizards we can have time travelers we can have monsters like pro wrestling can be whatever we want it to be and that's really cool and i think my generation is one of the first generations to really like just go on record and be like yo this, this shit's fake like at the end of the day it hurts really bad and like but please tell us how we're doing it and please tell us like that we're not the best athletes on the planet and i think we we can't just wwe did this back in the 1990s when vince said it was sports entertainment but we're the first generation to be like yo like what we're doing we play different parts in movies like at evolve i might play the part of a horrible criminal at Lucha Underground, I might play a part of this womanizing, freaking dastardly Jeremiah Crane. As CZW, I might play this lighthearted cowboy. Like, you can play different parts in different movies because we're, we're actors doing our own stunts at the end of the day. But we're the best at what we do. And for someone to say it's not a sport is absolutely above me because no one on the planet can do what professional wrestlers do. Like, it just proves, like, NFL guys try to come to WWE and they're like, this is way different than I expected. Or... MMA guys try to come into the WWE uh, wrestling and like 90% of the times it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does, but it's hard to do what we're doing. And like, I think we're truly just proving that and proving that we are something special. We're, we're a magic show We're it's it. We're organic real life, one shot entertainment that takes real life melodrama and turns it into something special. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Sammy, for joining us. Uh, tell tell the people listening uh, more about Wrestling Revolver, your next show, and and uh, how they can check it out. Absolutely. Uh, Wrestling Revolver, my company. You can check us out on Twitter, at PW Revolver, or you can check out our website, ProWrestlingRevolver.com. Our next show was on October 28th, and just listen to this talent. Ricochet, Joey Ryan, Brian Cage, Candice LeRae, Havoc, Jack Swagger, Jeff Cobb, Tessa Blancer, Matt Riddle, OVE, myself, Shigehira Eri from Japan, and many more. You can watch us anytime and every time on our video on demand service that's via the High Spot Network, or you can pick up any of our badass DVDs on highspots.com. Yeah, check that is a stacked card and also speaking of vod mlw one shots on vod mlw.com check it out sammy callahan had a great match with mvp got a fist fight it's okay <laughs> yeah, absolutely so all right well thanks again sammy we appreciate having you on thanks well, guys have a good one all right take care take care cool so we still got stuff to talk about man last night's smackdown live all the stuff that's happening in the world of pro wrestling this week Raj, uh, what did you think last night of SmackDown and Sami Zayn's big explanation for why he did what he did at Hell in a Cell? I thought it was great. Um, I, th I thought that was good. I thought uh, I thought the opening was strong. Um, and the rest, not so much. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how the, when you have those tent poles, the rest uh, really seems lower. Um, so, I mean, let's go segment by segment quickly and talk about it. But first, I want to take a quick moment uh, first to thank everyone for hanging with us. We know these hybrid interview recap shows have a bit different of a format than what you're used to. Uh, but want to make sure we thank the sponsor of this episode, which is DDP Yoga and the DDP Yoga Now app. And you've heard us talk about it. You know who uses it. People have been saying on Twitter, like, wow, Glenn's really putting over DDP Yoga. And I'm telling you guys, it's because everywhere I turn, everywhere I look, there's a success story. There's something that inspires me just to get through the day and say, these people are taking a dedication to themselves, their health and their lives. And DDP Yoga Now is the tool that they're using to get there, make progress and make things happen. You've heard superstars use it. Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, Goldust, the list goes on and on and on. But more importantly, it's the real people who are just losing weight, improving their mobility, their flexibility, relieving joint pain. And right now uh, they've got a sale going on. Head on over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. Check out their sale. Check out the site. You'll find some great savings. The DDP Yoga Now app, the DDPY DVDs. You've heard us talk about it, folks. Check it out. And we're so glad to have them as a sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. So last night's SmackDown started off with the recap video of Hell in a Cell. Just uh, showing you everything that happened. All the craziness there. I don't know about you, Raj. I know Wrestling Inc. You know, has had coverage from people in the audience and whatnot. But isn't it just amazing watching all the different angles, seeing from the production of that spot and realizing how close it was, truly, when Kevin Owens got pulled from that table. They timed that perfectly before Shane hit. Yeah. Um, perfect, scary. Uh, all, all rolled into one. Uh, stupid. Uh, but oh, awesome. absolutely ridiculous! <laughs> Stupid, absolutely. awesome. I mean, it's just all of that stuff wrapped into one. Shane, man, that guy is—he's uh, insane. I mean, what he'll do for a match—it's—it's it's very admirable, but it's scary as hell. And I would not have my kids out there for that. But um, <laughs> I, I, you know, at 47 years old, uh, I'm maybe it's the dad in me. <laughs> I'm like, man, stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it was an amazing spot. I mean, it's. It, it's one of the most memorable moments of the year, just, but it's also the most dangerous. Yeah, no, and it certainly deserves all the replays that it gets. Um, opened up though. So they put off that explanation towards about the halfway point through the show. And we actually opened with the Usos coming out, talking about, you know, their new SmackDown tag team championships, calling out the new day to the ring. And do you think this, this is official that the Usos are kind of tweener now officially that they, uh, congratulated the new day said you know they've got their respect and then proceeded to half roast the lineup but then give props to like the fashion police <laughs> it was it was not like if that's the uso penitentiary got a lot more friendly and welcoming last night is what i'm really trying to say i i love this i thought that was great the stuff with them and the new day it felt real it didn't feel scripted it felt like uh i think we all everyone that watched that match knew how uh brutal it was and and i thought this promo brought that out uh so i thought it was great it was hard not to cheer both teams um and you know what if this was a babyface turn for the usos and chad gable and their next feud is chad gable and shelton benjamin i would have gable and benjamin go heel i feel like they're kind of bland otherwise i mean they're yeah. a, a good team with good moves and that's it um maybe they could spice it up uh with the heel turn and have the usos be the baby faces but i loved that segment until uh you know then you had all the teams come out and then it was just like the same crap that they do all the time you know with the women's segments where they come out one by one and it, it's such a clear scripted line 
And then, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan ordering the Usos and New Day out of the ring like, you know, mom sent their kids to bed. Uh, it was very Stephanie McMahon-ish. And I just think, you know, these guys just had such a brutal match, looked like total badass kings in the ring. And then you have them being sent to bed, you know, yeah. getting in trouble by the principal. I thought that was a lame way to end that segment. You could have just had Daniel Bryan say, the next challenger is going to be, you know, uh, coming up in this match and not send them back. Or, um, you know, have the different, or try something different. They do that all the time where the, you know, the five teams or the five women or the five cruiserweights come out one by one pleading their case. Why not have them go do backstage segments throughout the show with them, you know, saying how they should be the number one contender, then set up a match later on in the show. Oh, yeah. Mix it up. Well, and that's what makes me wonder if this feud with uh, Gable and Benjamin is even going to be a feud because so they they announced they were going to do the number one contenders fatal four way with the Hypros, the Ascension, Brazongo, and uh, Gable and uh, Benjamin again, you know, to determine the new number one contender that's going to face the Usos. So they had that fatal four way immediately after, and then Gable and Benjamin won. To me, that screams this is going to be a you know one off or maybe two matches at best on SmackDown rather than a real storyline and long-term feud because it was so accelerated last night. Yeah, but who else do they got? Um, well, who else do they got? The Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, my man. <laughs> I would just go back to the Wyatt family uh, version 3.0. Maybe everything doesn't need a name. This was, gee, that was just out of the 80s. Oh, my, it was like it was not Dungeon even, of Doom not even, type not material. Eighties, that was like bad nineties, sort of like, hey guys, we know Mortal Kombat's really big. We know we've got you know these video games. The kids love the games. Yeah. Uh, why don't you put on these? Co- oh my god, it was so it, it, painful. Dungeon of Doom was what came to my head when I saw it. It was it was, it was bad. Luke Harper, I cannot believe that a guy his size they can't find something to do with him. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it. We're on it. So this promo aired throughout the, uh, or, or about midway through last night. So Rowan and Harper, um, they've got, I think it was sleeveless trench coat hoodies. They've got two big, uh, were they even sledgehammers? They looked like mallets. I mean, they I, I think just Luke Harper had the mallet, right? They, they looked like video game henchmen. Um, <laughs> so if you the Ascension, sure, that's one way to go. Sanity, that's another way to go. The Authors of Pain, that's another way to go. It's just sort of another riff on the oh hey we're too badass sort of post-apocalyptic i mean it's extras from the road warrior man you know it's just even worse though yeah they're trying to be like uh it's it's very halloweeny i'd rather them dress in dresses and and be called the sisters abigail you know at this point than than what they had but man uh, rowan's potato sack was it was an upgrade from this (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you see, you see what happens whenever they try these uh, the scary gimmicks. You know, Bray Wyatt made it work because it wasn't as cartoony, uh, and and he he performed it very well. Um, but the ascension and all this stuff, you, you you're you're you know carving your way a path to jobberhood quick. And uh, I see them getting a push quick, and then it it the fans just crapping all over it and. Them being off of TV again as, as they wait to get repackaged. I just think Harper needs to find a way to stay away from Eric Rowan because that guy is just, you know, the, all they could think of, all creative could think of is them together. And uh, I think there's just so much potential with Luke Harper that he needs to get away from the, the Wyatt family outfit, you know, dirty shirt, jeans look immediately and find something else. 
man, he's someone that could use a trip back to NXT and, and come up with a new character because the creative obviously can't come up with anything for him. Yeah, I'll tell you, put a uh, put uh, Luke in a Hawaiian shirt, get some rubber bands on his face, do a Captain Lou Albano throwback. I think it's money. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, know, uh, you know, this this is going to sound like the weirdest team ever, but have Luke Harper and Apollo Crews as a team. Because, <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, you got the big guy, you got the little fast guy, repackage them a little bit and, uh, you know, at least there's something. And then he can carve out his own character while doing that. So Bludgeon Brothers... BB2B. This is the Fashion Files mystery solved, potentially. Um, but we didn't see it written out. My guess is it's going to be because it's a WWE and they do stupid, corny things. It's going to be bludgeon, B-L-O-O-D. Like blood, bludgeon, not the traditional spelling. It will be something dumb like that. I could see that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Harper and Rowan. So, what's happening? This is... Uh, SmackDown tag teams. Hey, when did the Wyatts debut? 2012. 12. Yeah. On the main roster. So five years later, and they repackaged them to Harper and Rowan, but with a mallet, and <laughs> and uh, and that's that's what they got. And Braun Strowman's just sitting there shrugging his shoulders, saying, "I don't know how these things work, guys." <laughs> <laughs> Braun's awesome, though. Yeah, Braun's awesome. <laughs> Braun, uh, Braun has shown the way, right? I mean, he, he they did absolutely the right way with yeah, him and giving him. Uh, reboot vince shows when he cares about a talent he'll make it work and yeah. braun has been protected and, and it shows That's yeah what happened when you, when you say wins and losses don't matter braun wouldn't be this big if he was getting beat every other week and trading victories all the time no and that's true i mean look at braun versus bray how seriously people take one versus the other that's right. why yeah. um so uh back to smackdown uh chronologically uh the women's segment last night so with that Oh, also, wait, I got to say, I love that Tasha Fuentes was backstage to get comments from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and they were sharing a dressing room. I thought that was just a weird, <laughs> corny little touch that they had their names on it. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, like, it <laughs> kind of lampshaded where this might be going. But, uh, okay, so the real quick, Real quick, Andrew yeah. uh, in the chats uh, correcting us, the Wyatt oh. family debuted in 2013. That's right. That's so four right, years. That's right. So, but uh, yeah, I was in NXT in 2012. That was early. I think the Bray Wyatt promo was like in one of the first four episodes of NXT, which is now on the network, the there full sale years. You can go back and watch that from the very beginning, folks. Nine ninety nine. Yeah. Um. So the women were backstage. I loved that exchange backstage with Charlotte just attacking Natalia. I thought normally it's corny when they do that, but I thought that was so well done last night with the build up to that. I liked it too. Yeah. Um. I, again, I don't like when they just clump all the women together and all the tag teams together. Like they just clumped all the women together here uh, in a backstage interview. But um, yeah, I thought the the attack was good. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I like I like Charlotte and Natalia, and it's just like as I say every week. I just think the 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 heel face dynamic should be switched. Um, and then Renee Young backstage interviewing Baron Corbin, United States Champion Baron Corbin. Um, I love this thing with the keyboard warriors. I love that on Talking Smack. I think he's taking what's worked and just embellishing it more and more. The buy a boat to sail on, what was it, a river of your tears? Um, I don't know. I just, he, he, everything he says just sounds so scripted. It, it just sounds like that same promo you could give to almost anyone else on the roster. 
Yeah, I think he needs to find a little bit, bit more of a. But the, the words he says are about the same as anyone else. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he he needs to break out of that shell with his promos because uh, he, he just doesn't stand out. Yeah, he's the champ though now, man. U.S. champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about uh We'll talk about that. that's yeah. going. Um, so Carmella versus Becky Lynch. I got to ask, man, because I, I saw this noted online on Twitter everywhere last night. Becky last night, once again, huge pop. This was only her fourth singles match since WrestleMania. She won over Carmella. Do you think they're doing anything with her or she's just going to sort of be the standby utility player for the foreseeable future? B. I think she's the standby utility player. Uh, I don't... I mean, they could... Again, I think they're sticking with Charlotte as a babyface. I'm sure the end of this story ends with Charlotte winning the title. They could turn Becky heel and, and feud with Charlotte. They've they've had awesome matches in the past. Um, and I'd like to see it. But I don't know. I don't know. Becky just... She's another one. She just seems like a natural babyface. So... Yeah. You know, Charlotte, again, if Charlotte was a heel and you had Becky chasing her, I think that would be money. But um, apparently they don't see that 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 way right now. Yeah, it's just so weird that the audience, everywhere they go, she seems to get such a good reaction. And uh, yeah, I think it's just an embarrassment of uh, talent right now. You know, I mean, it's like Sami Zayn, right? He would get the big reactions and then finally they they turn him and he's something. So at least for now. We'll, we'll see where they go. I don't know. It was it was weird. Okay, so after that, we had uh, the Owens and Sami Zayn segment. I loved Kevin Owens' promo last night. The whole thing about being at the gates of heaven. Sami's his guardian angel. Going to turn SmackDown into Kevin's heaven. Um, it was just such an elaborate promo he was out there cutting. And then he brings out Sami Zayn. I think what was weird for me, it was hearing Sami Zayn enter to a mixed reaction because like you said, being a natural baby face, he'd always gotten that pop. I mean, in most cities. And he's, still, he, he's still got that super baby face music. He's got to yeah. change that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's one weekend. He's, he's got to work on getting the fans to hate him. Yeah. I don't know. So his motivation for this, and I guess like any good heel promo, he made a lot of sense in the things he had to say about feeling that he hadn't gotten his opportunity um that you know shane inserts himself into these matches and he was doing what he felt was the right thing and was going to try and be a little more like kevin owens going forward um but by the end of that i mean they gave him every chance right they gave him every chance to give him more nuanced explanation to not make it more of a heel turn but it was pretty clear that yeah uh is is uh back um you know it's these two guys are our team again and uh, even putting each other over again with uh, the cheers at the end. I mean, it was just so they, – they put it in bold and underlined it that this is a heel turn for Sammy. Yeah, and I thought this – I thought this segment – the promo was great. I thought this was the most uh, interesting Sammy Zayn has been in a long time. Uh, so I thought it was great, but it didn't come across as a main event level thing. And I think that's one thing watching SmackDown up and down. Nothing felt main event. Like, you pick any of the two people on SmackDown last night as the main event of the next show, and it would, it would just die. I mean, Owens and Nakamura. Nakamura has been buried enough that it's not that interesting. And and that's probably the closest thing you got. Jinder wasn't on. He worked the dark match. But yeah, which is- Jinder and AJ, yeah. 
even that, it, I mean, that's the closest thing I guess they got to uh, a main event feeling. But, you know, but you got on Raw, you got the Shield reuniting, you got Braun, Brock coming back, uh, you know, all this stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, in terms of reunions, I mean, look, for me personally, I'm way more into Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the, this happening than I am the Shield reuniting. But you're absolutely the vast right. majority of people would just. Yes. But that's, again, the, who's watching each show? And we've made this argument before that SmackDown has excelled when it's an internet wrestling community show. That seems to be its core fan base, the people that love it. And uh, I think that's that's its bread and butter, whereas Raw is the more mainstream show, especially when you look at Brock as the champion. You know, it's 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 a different I mean, vibe. Ginger's not really a, a favorite of the... <laughs> no, but there was some weird respect at first where it was like jobber to champ. People were like, yeah, okay, I'm kind of into that. You know, that's... They were willing different. to give it a chance more, yeah, but sure. I just feel like uh, the, the goodwill that SmackDown has had with the IWC is is diminishing a little bit. Yeah, but last night's promo, to your point, feeling like a big deal. To me last night, that felt like a really awesome Ring of Honor promo segment that did not feel quite up to the level of a hot wwe uh angle you know yeah i mean it came across you know like i said it was entertaining they, they did a great job with it um and uh yeah I, I thought it was i thought it was great but it, I, like i said it just doesn't feel like a, a main event thing and i i just hope that this doesn't lead to sammy being kevin owens job guy you know like a lot of times when they kind of pair these guys up it's just one guy is the person to get beat while they're building up the other guy's opponent. So like Sami Zayn mm. takes the losses to whoever Owens is feuding with and, until that match. So we'll see. Did you catch, this is such Gilligan's Island logic they used that Sammy said something clicked for him when Kevin's power bombed him on the ring apron a week or two ago, that that was his mo So it's the idea like Gilligan gets hit on the head with a coconut and acts like a different person. I, I think that they're setting this up ultimately where and when the turn happens again, Sammy can go back to being a face. Yeah, I hope it's a long ways away. I don't think they need to turn Sammy again soon. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and I think it'll be forgotten that yeah. that power bomb w when it does happen. So. Well, so where do you think this goes? Do they become a tag team? Do no. they? Okay, so do they do Shane and AJ versus Owens and Zayn? What's the storyline from here in your mind? Uh, um, I mean, they could do a Survivor Series match with. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Owens and Sammy picking a, a couple guys against a team captained by Shane and uh, AJ. Uh, I think I think AJ's moving to gender. I just don't see who else is there. And I know AJ got pinned clean, but they do that stuff all the time anyway. Um, but um, yeah, or a tag match. I, I could totally see that AJ and Shane because they do. They have been pushing a lot uh, about AJ talking about this angle. So I could I could see that at survivor series i even though i don't know I, I, I then who do you have for gender if you do that yeah but the but the ultimate end the ultimate resolution to the sammy Zayn heel turn is a turn back and sammy Zayn's versus owens down the line at some point i mean i don't know it could be it's i i don't think that's what they're thinking of right now i don't think that's what they're thinking of with this storyline i think it just gives Sammy something, and I think uh, they're going to be a pair going forward until it's no longer working. Yeah. 
Hey, look, man, anything that gets uh, Sami Zayn more TV time, I'm all in favor of. And obviously it's clear that Owens is not going to Raw. I don't know where that started, but uh, we did get emails about that. N- no, uh, it's clear that it, that's not happening. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think that ever was the plan. Even guys I had talked to uh, never even mentioned that. So Yeah. Well, I guess that's the best thing we could say about this angle coming out of it is we don't know where it's going, which is exciting and interesting to a degree. Yeah. Um, because man who knows we don't need another aj owens feud if they're moving aj to sammy uh i think that's a step down and it but uh we'll see yeah god it's weird right i mean we've talked about this before how you felt that to some people in the company they didn't have that confidence in sammy to put him at this level but to be up there with owens now coming off of owens just recently with shane mcmahon getting to headbutt vince mcmahon a couple weeks ago clearly they believe in kevin so they're bringing sammy into that scene shows some faith in him by association could uh, i mean you, you never know when when they tag someone with the top guy yeah. we'll have to give it a few weeks but you know it's like the sing brothers are you know paired with jinder mahal that doesn't mean that they see the sing brothers on a, on a higher level it's well, just higher uh, than 205 live i mean it is a step up you know it, it it is yes, but it's not. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't I don't see Sammy being in the world title picture or anything yeah. like that. Um, although who knows, man? With gender, uh, they got to do something. So uh, this yeah, we'll was followed was followed by Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev and Aiden English. And, and real quick, guys in the yeah. chat, put. Uh, Put who you would want gender to face at Survivor Series oh, uh, yeah. in the chat so we can bounce some ideas off. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll know, we'll know it's curtains for uh, SmackDown and Jinder Mahal if they start talking about some sort of unification match against Jinder versus Brock. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, SmackDown's the B-show again. I, I think they'll give it a couple years before they decide to, to do that again. Yeah. Or at least wow. a year, but... They're they're hurting SmackDown and they keep doing it and then they're gonna be down the road when they're like, all right, we're gonna have to just drop the brand extension uh, and and wonder why. Well, it's, you did it to yourself. You, when you don't keep the brands even, uh, and one one starts being perceived as the B brand, then you know that's that's what happens. You get lower attendance, lower interest in the pay per views, and uh, it happened last time. It's happening again. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look at Hell in a Cell for what that was as a pay-per-view. Look at some of the photos out there uh, showing the camera side, you know, and for such a hot pay-per-view that was not anywhere near sold out. Right. And Detroit is a reliable city. Yeah. New arena. I mean, that that should have should have been a win. You know, last year we talked about this. So we've referenced it. But last year I was at No Mercy in Sacramento, brand new arena. And that was a SmackDown pay-per-view last year that was sold out packed absolutely packed um and that's sacramento not a hot wrestling town so uh yeah it shows that it is having an impact um so orton and nakamura versus rusev and aiden english last night orton and shinsuke picking up the win where do they go they kind of made rusev and aiden not really look like much yeah um aiden took the fall um i i'm Assuming Orton is still with Rusev, even though he's beat, he beat him pretty convincingly and they didn't do anything for Rusev to get his heat back. But 
I mean, where do you go with Orton after this? Uh, if he obviously wants to turn heel, he said he flat out said it. But I don't know if WWE wants to do that and keep turning him so many times because he just turned what like a year ago or two years ago. Um, I guess he's been a babyface for a little while, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what you do with this mix of guys because you've done Orton versus Gender to death. Uh, you've had Gender, you know, pretty cleanly beat Nakamura. Someone's saying so for Gender at Survivor Series. Someone's saying. Um, Chris Jericho, that's not going to happen. Triple H is not going to do that. Triple H, when he comes back, it's going to be, he's going to make sure his thing is a huge deal that leads to a big WrestleMania match. Um, yeah, it's Drew Calloway. That's not going to happen right now. AJ Styles seems like the only person that, that fits. And so we'll get to that main event. Yeah. Um, Someone saying Bobby Roode, too, that's way too soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think people. Or there yet? Speaking of oh, which, did we, did, on, what's that? Was that next? That was next. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler cutting promos. I think did Roode forget his lines at one point? Yeah, it, it, there was that awkward pause. Yeah. Uh, what, okay, so here's the thing: Dolph's entrance. They're gonna run this into the ground. Remember, we said Sunday, kind of a badass entrance coming out to nothing. They keep doing this every time. You know what ruins it, man? I don't know about you. For me, it's like goddamn record scratch sound effects. <laughs> it's like just they're playing. Yeah, it's like just don't have it at all. <laughs> but uh, man, I think Rude is dying as a baby face. I yeah. think he is just his, him with the smile. And when he do he does that, you know, the douchey, glorious little uh, little swagger. It's great as a heel, but as a baby face, it just looks so douchey. And uh. It's just, I just don't, I see him falling uh, in this role. Yeah, I feel like in NXT, his promos, and this might be controversial in saying this, I feel like his promos were very repetitive, worked if you really didn't pay attention to what he was saying. And when he came in and did the whole thing, I'm going to put NXT on the map, we're going to have CEOs and important people paying attention to our sport. That was uh, a decent angle for a day you know, for a week or two. And I feel like they just sort of ran into the ground, his era, the glorious era, yada, yada, yada. I feel like the entrance is good. I feel like he's good in the ring. I feel like he's got a good look, but I never have known what was their storyline wise to get me invested in Bobby Roode as a person. Yeah. Sorry. If, if, if you hear the phone ring, this, this but, could uh, be a breaking scoop. Is that the wrestling and Colin? It is the wrestling line, but uh, you, you need to pick it up. If you need to pick it, it up, I can, uh, it'll go to voicemail. Okay. Um, but uh, that could be uh, Neville calling and being like, I Neville, just need to talk to someone about get me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think there is a, um, there is a big positive with that glorious entrance and that, you know, uh, in that it, the fans love it. It gets him a huge pop coming out. Um, but it, there's also the negative in that he can't be that intense heel that he was in TNA. Yeah. It, it kind of takes away from that. And um, and as this fun-loving guy that's out there smiling, respecting his opponents, I, I see nothing special. Um, as a heel, it fits him uh, better, and I just think he needs to find a way to turn up that intensity as as a heel. Otherwise, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. But I just, I just uh, don't see it working right now. Yeah, I thought Dolph outshined him here especially with that ultra conditioned hair he had last night, no frizz or anything. No, I know. It, it looked like, uh, like Kevin Sorbo or Fabio just sort of shaking it out. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. So that rematch is, is next week. We'll see. Yeah. A good rude heel turn. I think could be, could be something. Do the yeah. evil businessman angle, have him on a cell phone talking about, I don't care. Dr- dump the toxic waste in the orphanage, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just doing like real ultra eighties businessman heel line. I think that would be perfect for Bobby Roode. Yeah, I'd love for this feud to end because uh, it's not doing anything. But I have a feeling that next week is just going to do something that just keeps it going. Yeah. Whether it's Dolph just kicking the crap out of him before the bell rings or, or something like that. Well, in Survivor Series, we're talking limited number of matches. First off, Survivor Series, six weeks away, five or six weeks away. Um, limited number of matches that SmackDown's going to get as a brand on that pay-per-view. And, and Glenn, sorry, I did just realize the time we got to, Oh, okay. Let's wrap it up in a couple. I'm about to jump on this GFW conference. Call. <laughs> you can, you can just put that on during the podcast. You can just monitor that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're the, you're, you and three other people on that line. Uh, so right. let's talk uh, quickly. Hey, real quick. Uh, yeah. Craig uh, is reminding us that uh, we have revamped our Facebook page. So check it out. Facebook.com slash wrestling Inc. And, Facebook.com slash wrestling and com. Uh, we're staying a lot more busy, uh, doing a lot of cool stuff on there. So check it out. Cool. Uh, so final match of the night, Baron Corbin retaining the title over AJ Styles. Talked about it before. Where does AJ go from here? Where does Baron go from here? Why not, Why didn't they just do this last night? Baron beating AJ clean for the, the title as opposed to having him beat Ty Dillinger. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it made sense that if he beat Ty, that was to move AJ up into a world title feud with gender. But instead, they beat have him, you know, just beaten clean. And knowing WWE, they're probably still going with AJ and Jinder as a world title feud. Because remember, AJ lost clean to Jericho at WrestleMania, and then the next night they started pushing him against Ro- Roman Reigns for the world title. Yeah. So uh, it, it makes no no uh, sense to have him lose clean here. But they did it. I mean, it makes no sense if they're going with Jinder. If the, if they're staying with AJ and Baron, there you go. Yeah, it, it just makes no sense. I thought it, that sucked, and um, and that's I thought the show kind of ended on a, a crap note. Really, after the Owens promo, it, I I thought it was uh, a, a, not a can't can't it can't miss show after that. Yeah, so it is what it is. We got a while till Survivor Series. Last SmackDown only pay per view is in mid December. I feel like SmackDown doesn't know where it's going or what it wants to be right now. I agree. But, but that's uh, produced good things in the past. There you go. Uh, all right, Glenn, uh, go ahead yeah. and <laughs> Let's, uh, Sorry, take him home. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on Monday night to talk about Monday Night Raw. Myself, Mr. Raj Geary, Mr. Matt Morgan. Until next time, folks, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.